Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. This week's guest on Racers and Rental Cars Podcast is one of the individuals that has got to be considered high up on the top 10 list of influential individuals in the world of motorsports when it comes to drag and drive events. Not only holding on to a steering wheel, also putting the events together, supporting the segment group that is out there in the drag and drive. And I know horsepower is not something that we segregate on Racers and Rental Cars podcast. So it gives me a pretty huge honor to bring this guy into our show this week and spend some time with him and talk about what's going on in his out of control world. And that is Mr. Tom Bailey. Tom, welcome to the show this week. Hey, thanks. Glad to glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, when you're out there and you're driving down the highway and me being a 200 mile an hour guy holding on to a steering wheel on a door car in quarter mile competition, and you're just going from the Piggly Wiggly, the 7-Eleven and the Circle K, you know, and then, you know, clicking off five second runs in the quarter mile. I mean, I, I got to kind of look at you as somebody that, uh, yeah, I kind of want to talk to this guy. <laughs> Is it because this guy must be a, a pretty big idiot or? <laughs> well, well, Tom, I can tell you, you know, our listeners know I spent 23 years in the army. I am pretty sure I've got a doctorate degree in the, oh yeah, hold this, watch how stupid we can be. <laughs> um, and so, but no, you uh, dive in real quick, give our listeners just the, the down and dirty about Tom Bailey. You're not a, you're not an NHRA household name you're not somebody that's on a qualifying sheet on a weekly basis in pro mod or top sportsman or comp eliminator or any of the other nhra quote unquote un umbrella classes but you're a guy that those of us that drive fast door cars we know who you are so give our listeners a little down and dirty on you uh yeah i mean that's uh i mean just basically i, I mean a hobby racer that i mean i got back in the race I was in racing as uh as a as a child in high school and stuff and then uh kids and uh growing up and all that crap put it on hold for a while but uh about 15 years ago got back into it again and what appealed to me was when I read about uh Hot Rod Drag Week and Hot Rod magazine and I had just I had already bought like a call it one of those nice eBay finds from five states away that uh that when you show up, it had no rust. It was no rust because all the metal was gone. Like it had been replaced with Bondo. So, um, so that was, that was my first dive. Hey, I want to start racing again. And there was this beautiful 69 Camaro, at least in the pictures. And, um, I should have turned away from the deal at that point, but I still drug the thing home. And, uh, um, and then as I was getting it, then that's where I had started to look into stuff. And I'm like, what kind of racing I knew I wanted to get back into racing. That's why I bought it. It was a quarter mile only car, no VIN tag type deal. And, um, and then I'd read about drag week and I'm like, well, wait, this actually might be more my cup of tea because I don't have time to go every weekend or even every month for that matter. Um, but I do have time and I do want to race and here once, once a year, I can go for one week and get five, six days worth of racing in multiple passes 
And then the other thing, I could take the car out to dinner because it's still going to be a street car. Um, that would be that would be my foray that got into it. So now, I mean, I grew up right. I'm a I'm a '70s kid, born in born in the in the early '70s, and it was always about going to the A and W root beer stand on Friday night, grabbing you know grabbing a root beer float with my dad, or enjoying those types of memories right in the street car that can still. Uh, do a nice burnout when it's leaving the parking lot, the ultimate performance, you know, street, street car, the street sleeper, if you will, the, the quote unquote cliche fast forward. Now you said that was 15 years ago. What are we doing now, Tom? Well, that's where it's kind of got out of hand. Like we, we continued to, I mean, the, the first dive into it. I mean, it took, it took three years to get that car ready. We took it to the first dragon drive event, not ready, literally got it started loaded on the trailer and um and drove it down to that event started in columbus and uh we went down there and did that event and that actually was in 2010 so i watched i watched the last day of the event we actually uh uh we stuck a couple lifters about 50 miles from the last checkpoint so whatever we didn't finish the event by 50 miles and now and and I guess I'll, I'll give you two parts of the hook that started getting me going. The one is that obviously we, when I left the first day Columbus, Ohio, and we drove to Indianapolis, uh, uneventful drive, me and my buddy did it. We got there. The first thing we did is lay down in the median of the grass at the hotel. That was the hardest thing we had ever done. We had just driven a nine second 540 Camaro pro charge deal or whatever that should have been running eights, but it was only running nines, but we had just driven it a couple hundred miles or whatever to a hotel with zero issues. Cooling system was fine. Charging system was fine. Everything was fine, but we lay in the grass because that was the hardest freaking thing we had ever done in our life because it had just beat us up on this, whatever, call it ragged edge streetcar that uh, we had just driven that far. Um, and then Fast forward to 50 miles from the last track when we stuck the lifter. Just, we kept adding oil. There was no, uh, we had no dipstick in it. So we're like, oh, we must be low on oil. We kept adding oil, kept losing oil pressure. Finally, like the engine had to be overfilling with oil. We still couldn't get oil pressure. So whatever, dissected, stuck lifter. Hey, we're out. And lo and behold, a, a truck and trailer pulls up behind us and says, hey, whatever. Like we had to loop around an exit, but we see you're broke down. Is there anything we can do to help? And I mean, your first reaction, obviously, in this day and age, even 15 years ago, is uh, so you're going to take my car and like just leave, and I'm going to sit here. So, and they're like, no, 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 you can drive the truck, like you can do whatever. Like we're just here to help. Like we just delivered a car to Maryland. We're on our way back. We saw you broke down. We had to drive like 10 miles out of the way to loop around to come back and check on you. And because uh, by the way, it's a beautiful '69 Camaro or whatever. So. We load it up. They take it. They take us to the hotel. They won't take a dime for it. Buy the guys a beer at the bar, but like nicest guys ever. And like, so, I mean, that was a. So all these things are hooks. Like the the first part is that hook that hey, we just did the hardest thing ever. We did what nobody can do. We drove a nine second car like two hundred miles or whatever. And then um, and then these guys picking us up. And then on that last day, uh, the last day of competition. That's when uh, Larry made the first six second pass in a drag and drive car at that, um, at that track. So watching that and me and my buddy sitting there and I'm like, that dude's the dumbest mother I've ever seen. Oh, can we cuss on here? Is that okay? I'll make sure that they bleep that out. Okay. 
this dude's the i'll just say this dude's the dumbest guy i've ever seen like i can't believe that he just did that like with a car that he drove on the street like that's just that's crazy like i i you couldn't pay me enough to do that so obviously you you fast forward and and we come away from there and then that's the couple weeks later it's like okay now we got to make it faster so like and um so whatever and that's where it kind of hit and then i mean you fast forward and i was the first guy to run six at every track and then now I'm the only guy that's done a five in a drag and drive competition. I mean, like, whatever. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that like what you think is impossible or you think that there's no way I'm going to do anything like that. And then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, I was the guy that said that was the craziest thing I ever seen. I can't believe anybody did that. How can you even go that fast? Like with a car you drive on the street, like all of those things crossed my mind. And now I'm the guy, I guess that everybody's saying, I can't believe that guy did that. So. Well, and and that's the thing, right? Everybody gets some sort of characteristic trait of the car culture that, oh, <clears throat> I'm sure JT and Brian will enjoy me coughing in the microphone. So you can send all your comments that racers and rental cars hate mail. That'll swear to all those will get. Um, <laughs> but the, the characteristics of the car culture, like you said, you know, you're broke down on the side of the road. It's like, it's it's there's something about it that you can be in the most obscure location and somebody's got a story or somebody comes up and wants to help because they see a race car trailer broke down a rig a car on an open trailer a truck you know whatever the case is there's some sort of hook there right that that loyalty that bond that just it it just grows like wildfire in, in, like you said, these guys are just going to, you know, we looped around to help you. And, and that's the one thing, you know, backstory of me attending your event at Valdosta was talking to Doug cook and those guys, you know, they hit a deer with one of their cars and they're talking about using a, you know, a gas station concrete pole to pull the fender and the radiator support back out. And, and it's helped. You know, it's people helping. And so that hook that you say about that, I mean, we are a motorsports family, a racing family, high performance family, uh, the cars, you know, the cars and coffee events that go on around the country. I, you know, it's growing now. Now you fast forward. You said you didn't have time to be a drag racer every week or once a month. How do you continue to motivate yourself? to jump out there and try to continue to push forward. Right. So like you went in the fives. So like how in the world do you find the motivation of saying, okay, this is the goal for 2023. You know, this, this is my goal. What, what's, what's driving you at this point? Well, I think that there's, I mean, there's still the one, I mean, we made the, we made a five second pass and like, and now kind of that last, that last item that's out there is to run a five, uh, I mean, to do a five second average for a week and then run a five every day. Now, um, we got real close with drag week this year with, I mean, the issues that we solved and everything that we figured out, we know we're right there to be able to um, run that five second average and possibly that five second every day, like provided we can keep the car together, keep everything right. I mean, whatever, take, take care of our bugs. We have the program down that we can run it on most tracks. So now it's just getting the bugs worked out with our own personal deal and um, right. and sorting that out. So um, 
but at the same point, it's like, I'm already like with certain things like the Durango that, uh, that we're working on that we actually, it just shipped out to SEMA or whatever. It'll be in the Dodge display, but, um, now it's starting to go back up more to the coolness factor. Okay. Well, what else can we do? Like what other, because when she hit that, that milestone, and I mean, I won't, I mean, Somebody said a six-second pass would never happen in drag and drive. Then Larry did it. Someone said, well, a six-second pass can't happen every day, and then I did it. Uh, that six-second average. And then at five-second, that'll never happen. Like, that's not there. So then now we've done that. So now it's like the five every day. Like, uh, we know that's within reason. But, like, is there a four someday? I, I don't want to say no anymore because, like, literally, like, stuff just keeps progressing. And you never, you never say never to any of those items. but I've already started to look back past that and say, okay, well now what can we do? And that's where with, uh, with Dennis Taylor, we got the, um, it's kind of on the back burner right now, but we got the 55 nomad gasser deal that, Hey, that's going to be a screw blown deal running on nitro methane and crap to be a coolness factor. That ain't going to run fives. Like it, we're hoping to run sixes with it, but, uh, but that's for a cool factor that literally like now it goes for style points. Like now we roll into the, we roll into the checkpoints or whatever, and you can flip a switch and switch it over to nitro and like literally make people cry. Like, uh, not, not cry out of sadness, cry out of the shit that's in their eyes that they just don't know what's going on because they've never experienced nitro and, um, <clears throat> hit a cackle fest and, and literally then just drive it down the road and go to the racetrack and go knock off a good time with it. And, uh, um, and maybe go to ducks race and, and hit the burnout box or whatever on nitro and forget the hats flying. Like we want people crying, like running from it because like, Hey, like, wait a second. I've heard cars. I've heard all kinds of shit, but this nitro methane in my eyes, this burns. So, Well, but, so it's, so did that, I want to jump. You, you said the coolness factor of things. So what, what convinced you? And that's the thing. And that's the word I'm going to use, right? I'm not going to say motivate, but what convinced you that you needed to put on your own drag and drive event program? What, what did that? Were you sitting in the shop? You fell off the stool while you were changing brakes or something, bumped your head. What, what did that? Yeah. I mean, I guess there, we almost have to, we got to first, I guess, go back to the magazine and just say that, uh, sick the magazine. I mean, that was, that was, I mean, it's crazy because it's, it's, this all happened in, I don't know, it's 2022. So 2021, like 2021, right? 2021, like it's hard to gauge. Yeah. 2021, like Luke, well, so yeah, early 2021, that's when I started a YouTube because that's where like, I've been in YouTube channels and they've had stuff. And obviously like, I mean, Cletus and different guys like are, are my friends with. And they're like, and I'm like toy with it during COVID. You're like, Hey, well, whatever. Like me and my boy are like, Hey, we should start a YouTube channel. We bought a GoPro. We did nothing with it. And then, um, and it's like, you have the best intention, but you're like, Oh, I don't know what to tape or anything like that. And then finally it was early 2021. It's like, Hey, we just need to do this. I, and we got to try it. And then if nothing happens, then screw it. And uh, we move on. So teamed up luckily with Luke. Um, uh, Luke, an Australian guy down in Florida, and he was going to be at, he's down there, and I was going down there to race for, um, that was for the uh, Gator Nationals. And I was testing in Bradenton, and I'm like, hey, we're going down, we're going to do some testing. 
And uh, Luke's like, would you want me to come for the testing? And I'm like, no, because whatever. Like, I mean, we're just testing. No big deal. And then um, and then I thought about it. I'm like, well, just come there. That way, at least we meet each other and we can talk about stuff and you can film it. And so we put that first YouTube video out. And all of a sudden, that YouTube video gets like 10,000 views, which to me is a lot. Like, I mean, it gets 10,000 views or something. And I'm like, what the hell are people watching? Like, why do they care? I'm testing at the track. Uh no big deal, but everybody loves to see that background story. So whatever. So the YouTube channel is boring that, hey, I guess people like watching this crap. So um, so we try and video stuff. But then we're on a road trip. We were going actually to Dennis Taylor. We saw Finnegan um, in Atlanta. Then we we're driving to Dennis Taylor's shop and we'd film some YouTube stuff. And we we're going to film some stuff at Dennis Taylor's shop for um, for the other for the Nomad project and on the road. And then we're just talking about the state of magazines. And we're like, well, magazines are whatever everybody says magazines are dead all these and that was shortly after um uh whatever whoever owns hot rod and all that crap they just folded those like 15 or 20 magazines or whatever and we're like it's because they've lost they've lost the people like i mean literally you open a magazine all of this is ads like i used to treasure you everybody would keep their magazines now you get it it's kind of like getting a sale catalog or whatever from sears like you flip through if there's nothing you're interested in you throw the thing in the garbage and you're done and i'm like well and so I literally feel bad because like you go to a drag week coverage and like they have three pages, they don't even have all the winners of all the classes anymore in the magazine. And it's like when I got into this back into this stuff 15 years ago, like, hey, there was event coverage. And that's what I read. That's how I got into drag week was by reading the event coverage and then wanted to do it. And I said, I feel bad for a lot of up and comers because like I can get I can get magazine coverage and stuff with my stuff. But like. All these people that are me 15 years ago, they don't get any ink or any credit for anything that they're doing. And they're doing some really cool stuff. I said, if there was like a magazine that like just concentrated on the people and not the advertisements, then you know what? There would be a following to it that, hey, it might not be a big following, but people would want to read that. And it would give people the chance to be in a magazine. So Luke was the editor of Magazine Australia. um, And I'm like, well what will it take for us to do this, Luke? And I say, when I say we, I mean you, for us, for you to do this so that we can actually give this to the people. He's like, oh, like, mate, it won't be too hard. Like, whatever. He's got, <laughs> I, I have a horrible Australian accent, but he's like, shouldn't be that bad. So we're like, okay, well, we'll try it and let's see what happens. So I reached out to some of my loyal sponsors that I've, that I've had for years. So um, obviously Doug at Motion and Ricky Gear Vendors and then uh, Nolan Adisky and then Steve at uh, Steve Morris Engines. And I'm like, hey, I need you guys to give me some money because we're going to create a magazine and it may flop, but at least we're going to do it. And I need some backing because it's going to cost quite a bit just to get an issue off the ground. And then we'll see what happens. And they're like, okay, yeah, whatever you say, Tom. And I'm like, and and Luke's like, how do you do that? Like, how do you just, he said, I was in the magazine industry and you can't call someone and say, give me money because I got an idea. And I'm like, I don't know, like, I've had a great relationship with these people over the years. They've taken care of me. Like, and obviously, we've gone out and we've proven their products and we've raised their marketing uh, with it by marketing stuff that works. And from a real racer perspective, not a, hey, it's in a flyer perspective. And um, so, I mean, that's that's the I mean, first issue happened and literally like uh, we ordered twenty five hundred copies of it. We had um, we had over. 2000 subscribers before the first issue went to print or no when it was at print 
We couldn't raise the number. We sold out the first couple of days that we were thinking we were going to stock piles of magazines on the shelf that we would have to bring out in years. And uh, no, I mean, it sold out and I mean, every available copy of it. And then we actually did a, a reprint of it recently because so many people wanted that issue one and two. But from there, it's just skyrocketed and taken off. And um, and obviously, it's about the racers, tons of pictures. There's only like four or five ads in the whole magazine. And every time we add an ad, we actually add a page to the magazine so that literally the ad doesn't take away from the content of the magazine. Um, so whatever. So that part's all all going all going great. That part keeps building. Well, then it's Drag Week last year and um, Drag Week 2021 because I had COVID before that. So I'm at Drag Week. And just talk to the guys. And we've always had ideas. We've always said, well, if I ever did an event, then this is what we should do. And this is how this should be. And this is how this should be. And like, whatever, everybody always can reinvent the wheel, right? So like, we were the typical wheel reinventors. So, um, so sitting there and I'm like, and they're like, well, when's Sick the Mag going to have an event? Like, literally, we only have printed two copies of the magazine at this point. And like, I'm like, I don't know, maybe in 2023, we'll do an event. They're like, well, no, you just need to do an event. Like, it'll be good. No, don't worry about it. That's everybody else telling me that. And I'm like, right. so at Drag Week, I'm listening to that all week because I actually had, I didn't participate in Drag Week because I had COVID shortly before and we weren't done with the car completely after the fire we had down in uh, Gainesville. So, um, so whatever, I went along for like three days, three days, four days of it. I don't know. I was there and, and whatever. I'd wish that I'd finished the car because I actually felt a whole lot better than I felt a few weeks prior, but um, was what it was. We ran out of time to get ready. So, um, and then am I rambling on too much or is it all right? No, you're good okay. because I, because, cool. because that was the, so Doug backstory of that is like, we're at, you're at Valdosta and you know, I'm amazed. Okay. So I, I mean, I got to be completely transparent is that I had never been to drag week. I have never done participated, attended any of these events and I'm in South Georgia in February and I have been talking to Lonnie Graham and others because you know, you know what you were saying, right? Well, this is what I would do and that. Okay. I was one of those guys just from the draw perspective, right? You talked about you being in Gainesville, NHRA having you down, you're making laps, you had, you know, you had the fire, but the draw of, and, and I'm sorry, I'm from North Carolina, so I use some really simplistic terms. The draw of the circus is what brings in your customers. And Wednesday morning, I'm thinking that I'm getting to the track at a decent time to park my trailer, to be there for the entire NHRA event weekend. And I text Lonnie Graham and I said, dude, did you guys have an accident? He's like, no, why? And I said, I'm at the on-ramp. I can't get, I, I'm, I'm coming off the highway. I can't get to the racetrack. He goes, give it a bit. You had people lined up on a Wednesday morning at nine o'clock to get in here for your event. And it was, for me, I'm just in awe of the, the demographics of the people that were there, the economic, the types of vehicles that people were driving in, not to participate, but to watch. And 
I was amazed. I was blown away. I had always said that we needed to have that type of car culture brought in or exposed to NHRA, right? And or to drag racing as a whole, bracket racing. I don't care what association it is because every little town has got a racetrack and has people in the community and we need to get them to the racetrack and get them involved in kids and so forth. And you had it all there on Wednesday and Doug Cook and I talked, I mean, in length, I was just gassed to the point of, I do not know why we are not out here working with your organization in these areas of, of the Southeast, you know, Florida and Georgia and so forth, where, where sick week goes on. And so you weren't rambling. I was going, I told Doug, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. This is a home run. Now that's me on the surface saying that. So now I want to ask you in the rambling of all that, you talked about your magazine being a home run off of just a whim was sick week for you as an organization in your group. Was that a win or did you leave that going, man, this really wasn't what we expected and we got to do better or we just need to stop. Uh, no, I mean, it, it, it blew me away for the fact that like, so whatever, fast forward that dry week and it's like, okay, Hey, we're going to do this event. So like literally that's in September and we're talking about doing an event in February. So, I mean, four and a half, five months later. So we come out of there, we announce the event in October and say, okay, we're going to do it. And then worked on getting all the stuff together with it. And, um, and then we go, we put it on sale. I don't know when it went on sale, like sometime late October or something, but like never done an event before I've never done. I mean, I, I've done a fundraiser before in Michigan that uh, whatever car cruise deal or whatever, but that's it. Like nothing to this extreme. And uh, so whatever, we announce the tracks, we get it lined up, we put it on sale and in three minutes it sold out. So it's like, okay, well, that was better than we expected. I mean, I'm thinking that, hey, I'm going to be taking people because I've seen events that hey, they'll take people up until they're walking in the door that day, like begging people to come. And we went there and then instantly we had a 400 car wait list. I mean, after it went on sale, we sold out and then you got a 400 car wait list. And I'm like, okay, well, well, now we got to like fill in all the ducks in a row because literally it sold out with me saying, it's going to be cool. Don't worry about it. Like, here's the tracks we're going to like, and, and people bought into it and I'm like, okay, sweet. So like, now we got to actually fill in the gaps with it. And because everything, so much of it, other than lining up the tracks with it, it was just conceptual. It's like, well, this is what I want to do. This is the stuff I want to do. And some of that stuff panned out. Some of that stuff didn't. Everybody was happy with all of it though, the way it was. And then, and then we get there like, uh, and it's kind of funny you say whatever South Georgia because that's the one that like literally um, told by everybody you're not going to get fans of South Georgia because it's just it's in the middle of nowhere. There's not people around there, so it's hard to pull fans in. Like Duck obviously pulls fans in because I mean that's a, a great event or whatever that happens that brings a lot of people in. But whatever. So therefore. Um, Therefore, like I actually was a little late that day because I actually broke, I participated in the event, but broke my car on the drive from day one to day two. So broke it before Orlando. So then I had the Volvo. So then I was riding, um, I was riding along with, um, with Aiden, my boy and, um, and the, whatever the ice cream truck, like just whatever, rolling through all the stops. But so that day I'd rolled in a little late from the hotel. Cause I had no reason to get there early. I knew racing wasn't starting until 
little bit later, but uh, kind of the same as you though, because literally I came in the south entrance and then I'm coming along and then I'm seeing the track is freaking packed. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy that all this was an idea just a few months back. And there's all these people here supporting this, participating in this and like doing this like right now. And, um, and even Ozzy at, um, at South Georgia, he's like, man, you got a lot of spectators in here for this just coming about like in such short period of time ago. And obviously no history. This is the first event. This isn't, right. this isn't like an annual event yet. Like it's literally the first time doing it. And, um, so, I mean, so overwhelming, overwhelming the support from the fan support that we got, overwhelming the support from the racers, from uh, from the sponsors, like from everybody that stepped into the thing and and I guess bought into uh, bought into my vision of saying, here's what I want to do. These are the things I want to fix. Like, these are the things I want to change. And um, and I guess maybe a uh, maybe a, a call it a, a kudos is that a lot of the stuff I implemented into my event now other events have taken including hot rods taking them for drag week and said hey yeah he was right with some of this stuff so they've made changes to it to adjust to it and and i think that that's where it comes my perspective is from the racer perspective so like hey this is what i think would be good and we all know as racers that we need fans so like i mean some racers spend a lot of time bitching about them being in the way and this that at an event where there's a lot of spectators at like but literally organized chaos and maybe disorganized chaos is actually a good thing for the sport. So because we need all those people getting in the way, we need all those people there to grow it. Those are the future racers. Those are the people, the kids. I mean, and that's, and that's the thing. And that's what Dragon Drive brings. A lot of it is that, hey, there's freaking thousand dollar jalopies that are racing in Dragon Drive. Like literally that's attainable to almost anybody. Like slap a set of slicks on the thing that somebody gives you and you know what? You can take it down the track and, and you can hang with the five second guys, or you can hang with the 20 second guys it, and everybody in between, because we're all there and we have the common, the common bond of getting kicked in the nuts literally for five straight days. Like there is no, like with breakdowns and you talking about Doug and those guys pulling the fender out. There is not like, this is the true MacGyver aspect is like literally what you just yes. broke at the track. You have to drive to the next track. So you don't put it in the trailer. You don't take, there is nothing like literally you got to figure out what to do to get that thing, to make it to the next track so that you can race tomorrow. And so many times when people start to want to get involved in drag and drive and they worry about what their car can do on the track. And I always tell them like, that's the dumbest thing for you to think about first, go do it and make it through the week. Because believe me, the times those go away. Like you forget about those because you're more worried about what's that noise that I hear now. Because literally, I'm still 100 miles from the track. Like, did it always click like that? Was it making that noise? <laughs> Do you know? Like, I mean, believe me, like, I, I know I know lifter ticks like nobody's business. Like, and I know just the lifter tick because the valve lash is off. And I know the lifter tick because we got a problem. So. Right. And that's so that. OK, you said something in there that was very true that you talked about the fact that you implemented some stuff from a racer standpoint that then took off in the promotion side and other people were grabbing onto it. Right. And that's great. But there was one spot in there that I really want to hone in on and, and try to understand. I want to I want your your opinion, your philosophy on this. When you talk about doing these events, right? So you got five or six, seven or eight of them that happen 
during a year. And, and these individuals, participants that are out there and they're really going after it, right? Like you, you've got yourself and Alex Taylor and, and Nick Taylor and, and some of these other guys, you know, Doug Cook's crew, they're, they're out here and they're competing across the country, Rocky Mountain all the way to Sick Week. What is it from the marketing standpoint, sponsor-wise, that jumps off the page high performance wise to these companies to get involved and stay involved. What is it? What is it the give back that they're getting? Cause you know, there's not a lot of companies that travel all five days to all five locations that set up midway and sell parts. You know, there was a couple I saw there in Valdosta and so forth, but what's the, what's the selling point that, you know, not, not you, the promoter, but the participant, then you're talking to these companies on these builds. What is it that truly resonates with them? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is like, I mean, when I started getting heavy into it like 15 years ago, and you would go to someone and you would say, hey, whatever, here, I need this performance part or I need this lifter or something like that. And like, I'm taking a drag. Oh, you know what? That's not, you can't drive that on the street. Like, I mean, it's not going to last that long. And it's the same with like rear gear sets. Everybody talks about spools and it's like, you, whatever. You can't drive a spool on the street. Like it doesn't, it won't last. It won't live. And, but it was always, they always finish it up with, if it does though, will you tell us? And it's like, cause I'm like, well, this is what we're doing. Like we have to do it. So, and, um, and any of those things, whether it doesn't matter what the part is, like it was that rare thing 15 years ago where they're like, oh, well, if that happens and this, that, and the other. Now it's, it's, I don't want to say it's everybody spoiled. But the parts have came around so much, the durability of the parts. And um, and I mean, and with the Teflon bush lifters, like so many things have happened that now are the mainstay of it, that now it's you've moved on to the next weakest link. And that's constantly what this is the search of. It's the next weakest link. Like literally, if once we get one part to survive, we find out the next part that's not going to survive. And we continue to push the envelope with each one of those. And that's from the sponsor perspective. This is like this is streetcar stuff. Well, you know that like for every car that's on the track or has ever even been to the track, there's a hundred other modified cars that have three quarter race cams and I'm driving on the street. So like, I mean, that's the part that, so you want to go after the three quarter race cam guys, because there's tons of those guys. They're at every car show every week talking about right. hypothetically yes. what their car will run. So like right. you give them proven parts that are actually proven at the strip now, like it's going to be a lot easier to sell to them. And that's a huge market. Like it doesn't matter whether it's motion or whether it's summit or um, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's ISKI, um, like all of those parts when they're proven that, Hey, we can go run fives with them or sixes with them or eights with them. And we drive it all day and we prove that, Hey, this thing's got 2000 miles on it. Well, it's real easy now to sell that part to the campground cruiser that's going to just basically roll the thing up to A&W and back home again. So um, and now he can't complain. Well, I can't run a full race cam because there's no way to live on the street. OK, well, we got full race cams living on the street. So and if you're right. just running a three quarter at the car show, that's no good. Right. Yeah, OK. All right. So now where do we, where do we see the next, the next level? Where, where's the next, 
Yeah. I mean, social media, YouTubes and Snapchats and Instagram and, and, you know, all of those different outlets that, you know, they're full, right. We got, we got Alex, we got Emily Rees, you know, Doug. And it, again, the list goes on and on because again, social media is what everybody's doing. What about the event side? What's the next thing on the drag and drive side, the segment group, where, where are we going moving forward? Uh, I think that, I think the biggest thing in like coming in 2023, because I mean, we had sick week. So then now we've announced because sick week then sold out two minutes for 2023. Uh, so we announced right after that, Hey, we're going to do six summer. And that's going to be like Northern, um, Northern Illinois, Wisconsin area. That's going to happen in June. So we got those dates set. We're locking in some of the contracts or whatever. And then that'll be announced. Now we, now I, in whatever, and I threw it out there almost as like, as a, Hey, nobody's going to want to do this, but kind of a bucket list thing for me is death week. Well, death week is a ride through death Valley. So like literally doing the Las Vegas and possibly Reno up in the Sonoma, California, Pomona, like, and like truly like, Hey, this is like where I'm trying with my events to get the drives reasonable. So you can have a more enjoyable time. This one is going to be like the opposite of that. It'll be probably the most mileage any events ever done in one week, but to cover the, cover the landscape that I want to cover with it, it, it unfortunately has to. And, um, and I'm like, well, maybe if whatever, if 50, 60 people or whatever want to do that, then that'd be a cool thing that it'd be cool for the magazine. Cool for us. Like the pictures will be amazing. The scenery, uh, to actually hit, uh, like, um, through Sonoma and like, uh, um, whatever the redwood forest like why i mean just yeah wine country i mean the i mean i've been to sonoma before the i mean that's just like picture heaven out there you know with with you know with backdrops with the sunsets and so forth uh well and then coming down pacific coast highway like coming down pacific coast highway with cars like you just i mean you piss off all the snowflakes like i mean it'd just be it'd be an epic trip that like is just cool or whatever well i'm like okay 50 60 people well we did a um expression of interest for him like hey who if we if we can pull this off or whatever who wants to participate there's over 700 people that have already sent in saying hey we're interested if you do this event then we're interested i'm like man i thought that there was like a small amount of idiots in the world that are like hey how hard can we make something and still go do it well that i mean there's I, quite a bit of that, there's quite a few of us so. there's quite a few <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we're not a, we're not a real political podcast and we try to stick away from it, but obviously, you know, as well as I do that the RPM act is just all over the place. Uh, we've got distribution companies that are stopping carrying parts lines and brands and so forth because they can't sell into California and and everything that's going out on the West coast. How do you see that impacting moving into the future with all of the rumblings of certain states and, and areas trying to shut us down in the high performance world. Is that even a blip on Tom Bailey's radar? Well, I think, I think it, I think it's important. It's very important. Like that's probably the biggest thing we have going is to get that RPM act passed, like uh, to get, to get through it so that, Hey, we can still modify our cars. We can still do what we want to do to our cars. Like, I mean, the the market segment is less than one percent. I mean, that's the part that like they're spending this time going after the whatever the less than one percenters. Like, I mean, that's 
that's the part that's crazy. And I, and I think it's going to work itself out that everything's going to square away, but we got to keep talking about it to make sure that it does make it to the important people that can get that stuff done. Um, how are things shakes out? Like, I mean, if, if, if you spent your time worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, then you can never live today. And like, that's the part that like, do you have to think about it? You have to be conscious of it, but you can't worry about it. Like it's whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So um, we're going to keep going forward and doing our part. And like, do I have any risk with everybody's like, well, you can't drive into California. They're going to pull everybody over. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Like, I, okay, well, until they do it to me, then I'll worry about it then. But right now, I think that whatever, we can go do it because you know what? There's hot rodders everywhere. And when we talk about that, we're the one percenters that are modifying cars and taking care of cars. Like, I mean, you're talking about one percent out there that is the problem. So the 99 percent are giving thumbs up and saying that's the coolest thing. And they're coming to the car shows and they have hot rods and they're doing all those things. So and that's majority of the law enforcement. That's majority of the politicians. That's majority of everybody. Like you just have that small fraction that tends to make a wave in anything and they cause distractions for everybody else and get everybody else worried. Well, screw those guys. Like, just do what you want to do. And you know what? Deal with the repercussions. Cause like, if we get out there and you know what, they impound a hundred cars. Okay. Well, that's going to be a pretty big story for the RPM act if they impound all our cars. So like, I mean, whatever, like, I, I, I got it. I got it right here. I'm I, as soon as we're done, I'm going to, I'm going to text Dr. Meyer and say, you know, I we've got the perfect plan. And that is the PRI Roadshow goes on the road for the Death Valley trip to the West Coast, do all the documentation of it, pushing the RPM Act, promoting the RPM Act. Uh, that's that's a that's a win-win for everybody. Uh that you know, breaking news. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit Dr. Meyer up as soon as we're done. I think that's what they, they should be they should be on board with you as you go out there because that would you know you said it it's never been done right those events um it's something about crossing the Mississippi River uh and really I, I hate to say this but once you get past Oklahoma there there's something that's going on out there on that end of the country that is always the pushback and and we hate it, right? It's like what we hear, you know, bracket racing can't happen on the West Coast, not big events, you know, there you got to drive so far, racetracks are closing, you know, we're not, you can't sell high performance parts into the West Coast now. And it's just, man, it, I'm telling you, you're absolutely right about worrying about it. But sometimes when you're in the business of it, man, it'll demoralize you and go, man, what kind of country do we have right now? What are we doing? Uh, but at the same point, you're right. You got to, you got to live for today. No, tomorrow will be what it is. Um, that being said, no, Tom, I've had is, you. No, go ahead. No. And that's the thing. And that's the part that people just, they, they let the things that people talk about, like, it's it's like watching the news. The worst thing you can ever do is watch the news. If you oh. don't watch the news, you know what? The world's not that bad. But if you watch the news, I mean, they it's sell horrible. you the fear of everything. So, like, yep. turn off the news and just live your life. If you just live in your life, then you know what? It's not that bad out there. But if you listen to what people are telling you or you watch it on TV, then, oh, yeah, the world's falling apart. We might as yeah. well just pack Being it up. 
Yeah, put your be an ostrich, stick your head in the sand or something like that. I don't know what they do. Uh, <laughs> yep, I'll, well, Tom, I'll keep my I, I'll keep my head in my sandbox. That's that's what I, I do. I, so. I I worry about my yard. That's all I worried about. You worry about your yard. I'll worry about my yard. We're good. Yeah, uh, exactly. Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before I let you go, tell everybody where they got to go and follow you and your crew and everything. If you got any shout outs, give them now and uh, let the masses hear you talk. Hey, to me, the, the number one thing is like, if you want to support print magazine, you still want that stuff to happen, go to sickthemag.com and subscribe. I mean, that's the part, like subscribe to the magazine. That is showing that print survives if you do print the right way and supporting it. And that's also what supports the events that we do. That's what supports the, the brand that we're building with it um, to actually get more people involved in the drag racing scene and the drag and drive scene. And I mean, all things motorsports. I mean, you can go watch our, you can go watch our videos, Tom Bailey YouTube channel. I mean, basically uh, we are not shock and awe. Like all we do is cover shit at the shop. We cover when we go racing, we cover that stuff. We don't do any stage stuff to get a 10 million views. So um uh, all right, Tom. That's what you got. Well, here, here's the, here's the question that all of our listeners always wait for. Tom, you get to have dinner with one individual in the world of motorsports, dead or alive. Who are you eating with? Uh, could I have already eaten with them before? Hey, that's even a bigger shout out because you'd want to have a repeat dinner. So have at it. So. Yeah, Big Daddy Don Garlitz. That dude is such a wealth of information. And like, literally, like, I mean, there is no one that just, I, I think he gets up and drinks gasoline in the morning just to get his day going. Because like that, that guy is so, I know that he's into some electric stuff now with dragsters, but hey, that's cutting edge to him. And like, just the, the memory that guy has and to listen, to go to his museum and just listen to him talk. I mean, just amazing and that was one of the checkpoints on uh sick week last year is we had the day or the whole evening at don garlic shop so very cool all right here's the one that always catch you off guard you got to send one wtf card to somebody in the world of motorsports who are you sending it to huh i i will send oh man i guess i will uh uh Man, there's a couple on that list. So, <laughs> oh well, hey, but, there's uh, one thing about our show: we do not discriminate on quantity. If you got WTF cards, throw them out there. We let them fly. Oh yeah, thank. I mean, I guess, I guess my one this week or whatever as we prepared for SEMA was uh, it'd be Schumacher because uh, we were putting the top fuel engine in the Durango, and uh, they have this perfect display engine that would go in the Durango, um, and. I'm like, hey, can we use that or whatever? And then they check back and they're like, well, we don't know. Like, uh, we don't know if there's if there's enough return on it for us to let you use that. And it's like a hundred thousand dollar motor or whatever. And uh, so either way, I talked to almost every top fuel team and everybody gave me parts to get one put together. And we did get a top fuel motor in the Durango. Um, so, but that was that'd be by like what the, the my WTF would be like, wait. I'm going to give you marketing. Like you're going to see that it's a it's Schumacher engine in there. Like that'd be cool. So, but there you go. That's my, and that might be going right for the top guy, but I don't know. Well, there you go. No, we don't. There's one thing about it. We do not hold back on WTF. I have had certain individuals at organizations reach back out after they've listened to the podcast and said, man, 
oh boy was harsh on me it's like did you deserve it (laughs) (laughs) well i'm just telling the truth that's the thing just telling you exactly that's right how the situation went down so that's it Um, well mr bailey i appreciate your time uh especially leading up to sema and so forth Thank you very much for taking time out. Come on, educate our listeners. Hopefully you'll pick up a few followers for Sick Mag. I'm hoping that some of the followers in the areas that you're going to have your sick events coming up will come out. And uh, I look forward to uh, crossing paths with you here in a few months down south again for Sick Week, the second one. For second Sick annual. Magazine. Yep. Second annual. So uh, you and your team, take care, enjoy SEMA. And once again, sir, really appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, you know what? I guess one last thing. Can I give you one last thing? Absolutely. Jump in. Cool. Hey, we did. We are in the process of announcing the event at PRI this year, though. We did. We are doing cart chaos. So we actually have a go-kart track rented. Um, so we are. There's a, a expression of interest on our website to put teams together, four-man teams, like different stuff that we're going to have. Uh, go-kart racing on Thursday night or whatever during PRI. So, but that's thing that is going to let other people involved with giving away some money, but that's a, uh, everybody that's going to PRI, that'd be a cool deal. Well, shut up. How do I get involved? Cause I know I got four guys and we will jump all over that. I've got that. You got to get me some info on that, Tom. We will push the heck out of the event itself. And uh, I, like I said, I got a couple guys that uh, are, are are pretty nasty on go-karts. They love going to <laughs> St. Louis. They love, I think Chris Blair, I think Chris Blair needs to give me a little bit of ownership in the go-kart track because of the number of individuals that spend time over there uh, during race weekends at, at Worldwide Technology. So that is awesome. Breaking news there. I will make sure that we pump that up. And uh, again, you're just getting involved in everything. Anything you can do to get back to the world of motorsports. And Mr. Bailey, I appreciate that. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. This week's guest on Racers and Rental Cars podcast, Tom Bailey. Legendary, famous, Dragon Drive, Sick Week, and all things that are in the world of motorsports. Go check out Sick Magazine. Check them out on social media, Facebook, and give them a shout. Give them a follow. They give a damn about the world of motorsports from top to bottom. Mr. Bailey, thank you again. Thank you. This week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars is brought to you by the great folks at Equalizer Hitches. Do yourself a favor, stop by equalizerhitch.com. Check out Sway Control if you're out there traveling around the country, whether you got a dirt track, motorcycle, drag race, boat, RV, travel trailer, I don't care what you got. If you've got something hooked behind it, you need a Sway Control hitch product safety tools leveling the the website is a plethora of information so stop by see equalizerhitch.com you can always check out use the code drag race and check out save yourself some money go to social media like them follow them comment send them a private message tell them that you heard about them on the racers and rental cars podcast again equalizerhitch.com